Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, called Renewing Your Faith. We're in the book of Hebrews. If you're new to us, we're teaching verse by verse. We're in Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith it has been called as it chronicles many stories of overcoming and enduring faith. And it would be tempted, I think, tempting for anybody who maybe has a cursory uh, knowledge of Scripture to skip all that came before Hebrews 11 and go right to that chapter. But you can't really divorce Hebrews 11 from what's come before it. It's very important that you connect the two in your mind, and I'll show you some of those connections as we deal with it tonight. Tonight, we're going to deal with the first six verses of Hebrews chapter 11. I've called it renewing your faith because I believe that that is part of what the writer is trying to accomplish. And when you know the history of what's been going on with this little Hebrew congregation, you know that they needed some encouragement, they needed endurance, and they needed their faith to be renewed. And I would imagine that in this room, Uh, The renewing of your faith is not a foreign concept to any of us. Sometimes we might even say our faith needs to be reborn (laughs) a time or two or three or four. Amen? Uh, Jesus was preaching on forgiveness, I think, in the book of Luke, and the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And that's a good prayer. Some of you may consider that a bit of a dangerous prayer because you know the Lord's in the faith-stretching business, and you may get some faith lessons Uh, if you pray prayers like that. But you're probably going to get them anyway, so you might as well just pray for them because the Lord's sovereign and all of that. Anyway, uh, Hebrews 11, we're going to stand, if you're able to stand with us tonight for the reading of the first six verses. Renewing your faith. I pray your your faith will be renewed tonight as we study God's word. And here's how it reads. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks." By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he had had obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, if you have a New King James, those who diligently seek him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your living word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know that our faith, if we have our ears open, is going to be encouraged tonight and maybe even challenged. Would you help us to have ears to hear what you would say to us? Because we know you want our faith to be built up. We want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and live a life of faith and obtain a testimony 
And the testimony is not about what man thinks. Ultimately, it's about your testimony of us, God bearing witness. We want to please you in every respect, Father. Help us with that. It's a battle, but we know the battle ultimately belongs to you. So we just pray that you'll use tonight as you would shape us more into the image of your son. In Christ Jesus, we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Last week, we were in the prayer room, and Brother Ron, uh, I I affectionately call him the Apostle, uh, the beloved Apostle, had on his heart a Bible verse, and that Bible verse was in Luke 22. I'd like you to hold your place in the book of Hebrews and turn to the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, maybe we can throw the verse up on the screen, Luke 22. This is a famous exchange between Peter and and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Luke 22, and this was what Ron had brought up as we were, we will normally share a a verse, but uh, many people share verses as we're back in the prayer room, but this was on Ron's heart, and here's what it says. Jesus speaking, Luke 22, 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I, Luke twenty two thirty two, have prayed for you. Notice that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. He said to him, Lord, with you I am ready to both go to prison, to go both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I say to you, Peter, the cock will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. When, if you turn back to the book of Hebrews, uh, when this exchange occurred, the Lord provided an insight to Peter into the spiritual realm and kind of a little interesting nugget that apparently if Satan wants to sift us, he needs to run that by Jesus, which I think is really good news. Amen. Uh, It was Martin Luther who said that the devil is God's devil. And what he meant by that is that ultimately the devil is not God's equivalent on the evil side of the equation. God is God. He is above all. The devil's on a leash as it were. And the devil had come to Jesus, the sovereign God, God in human flesh, and asked permission, demanded permission to sift him. That's not a positive, by the way. He wasn't saying, I want to make Peter a little bit better in, for use in your kingdom. No, he was saying, I want to destroy him. First Peter 5, 8, Peter will say, that same Peter will say, the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to what? To devour, to drink you down or destroy you. So an insight. Now, if you're Peter, you, you might be thinking, Lord, did you really need to tell me this? <laughs> you know, why do I need to know this? And the Lord said, but I've prayed for you that your faith, key word for tonight, that your faith would not fail. And so we asked the question in the prayer room, did Peter's faith fail? Because we know what happened, right? And, and Peter, I would say with some spiritual pride, this was an insight into why Peter fell. Peter said, I'm ready to die with you. He said, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die. And then famously, he said, though all forsake you, I will never forsake you. That's spiritual pride. 
And spiritual pride will get you in trouble. And here's what spiritual pride sounds like. I'm the only Christian in this city who takes his or her Bible seriously. I'm the only one that comes on Wednesday nights. Uh, you're not the only one. Early enough to pray or whatever. I'm the only one who does this. I'm the only preacher who does this, whatever you want to say. And though all abandon you, I will never. I'm ready to die for you. Are you, Peter? I tell you, this very night, you're going to say that you don't even know me, and you're going to say it three times, that you don't know me. Now, the Lord's prayer for Peter was that his faith would not fail, why did Peter fail? In the Garden of Gethsemane, let's fast forward. We all know the story. Jesus prays three times, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And he tells Peter, James, and John, stay here and pray. Wait and pray, lest you fall into temptation. And then famously says, the spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. Now, they were... You know, the, the gospel writers tell us they, they were heavy from sorrow and there was a lot coming at them and they were, the, their eyes were heavy and they slept. And I believe it's in the gospel of either Mark or Luke where Jesus specifically says to Peter, couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? Now, Peter had spiritual pride. Peter slept when he should have been praying. The Lord warned him, you need to pray right now because you're gonna face Temptation that you can't imagine. And then when Peter was confronted with that temptation, we know what happened. He fell on his face. He fell hard. And the text tells us that after he passed Jesus in the courtyard, Jesus just looked at him. There were no words exchanged, but no words were needed. Some believe that it was a work, uh, look of, oh, Peter. Some believe it was a look of love. Some people would say maybe a combination of both, oh, Peter, what did you do? And a look of love and assurance. But Peter failed, but he loved the Lord. And the Lord in this prophetic word to Peter said to him, when you have returned, strengthen your brothers. And here's what we know about Peter, right? He fell, but he rose again. And Peter's denial de didn't define him ultimately. Peter was used radically in the first 10 chapters of the book of Acts to preach the kingdom of God, to preach the gospel, to stand in that very city where he had fallen, to stand strong. Peter failed, but he loved the Lord. So you could say in one sense, his faith did not fail, but Peter failed. Why did Peter fail? Because he trusted too much in himself. He overestimated his ability to do things as Peter instead of Peter empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is when we get in trouble. This is what's happening in the Hebrew church. Their faith is teetering. Some people, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, Alex preached it to us, have stopped habitually coming to the assembly. They are no longer fellowshipping with other believers and therefore they're not being provoked to love and good deeds. Their faith is not being stretched or encouraged or challenged. They are, some of them have been running out of steam. Some of them have watched longtime friends who profess faith in Christ return to the temple. Others have seen perhaps leaders persecuted. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. This is what's happening in the Hebrew church. Their faith is teetering. Some people, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, Alex preached it to us, have stopped habitually coming to the assembly. They are no longer fellowshipping with other believers and therefore they're not being provoked to love and good deeds. Their faith is not being stretched or encouraged or challenged. They are, some of them have been running out of steam. Some of them have watched longtime friends who profess faith in Christ return to the temple. Others have seen perhaps leaders persecuted and The writer has been telling them about these things. He warns them not to forsake fellowship. We have dealt with, I think, four, there go my glasses, four of the five warning passages in the book of Hebrews, serious passages about if you go back, if you return to the old covenant, there's no longer a sacrifice for sin, right? If you have tasted of the heavenly gift and then you go back and you try to go back to the old covenant, there's no forgiveness there. You can't go back. But people have watched their friends go back. Maybe you have. Maybe someone influential in your life has walked away from the faith. They no longer show up for gatherings, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday or some other time. And maybe you would say, my faith is teetering at the moment. It could be a whole host of things. Maybe some things you're going through personally. Maybe some questions you have about the Lord. Verse 36, chapter 10 says, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. You need to endure. And then verse 39 at the end of chapter 10, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Now faith. You see the, see the connection? It, the original letter didn't have chapter breaks in it. It was one seamless letter. So the writer is saying, this is, the, this is what the condition that you're in. And it's nice to know the problem, right? We all, uh, we appreciate a diagnosis, but we also would like to know a solution. How can I be encouraged? If endurance is what I need, if I need my faith to be strengthened again, if you need your faith renewed tonight, if you need your faith even maybe perhaps, if we could put it this way, reborn tonight, what do we need to hear? Well, the writer of Hebrews anticipates this by, of course, the leading of the Spirit 
and he's going to define faith, at least one definition of faith, and then he's going to give us faces to faith. How many of you are encouraged when you hear faith stories? Some of you enjoy reading missionary accounts of missionaries in days gone by, or maybe you'll turn on a television program and you'll hear someone's testimony about how they were converted out of this or that and how Jesus changed their entire life. I uh, saw an interview, Kirk Cameron on his Takeaways program was interviewing an astronaut. His name escapes me at the moment. He's been taking pictures from space for about the last two decades. And he says that his faith has been so built up by seeing the earth from space and seeing the majesty of God's creation. Things that are faith building are really important in our lives. Amen? Amen. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, look, you guys need to be reminded of these faces that have gone before you. And sometimes when we feel like our faith is maybe ebbing a little bit or we're teetering a little bit, we feel like I'm the only person in the world that's ever been through this particular thing. But you're not. You're not alone. And so um, he knew that they were feeling unsteady and he says these words. Now faith, if you're interested, the word for faith is pistis in uh, Greek, P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If you have an NIV, it reads this way. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith, and this, scholars would say this is not an exhaustive definition of faith. Uh, faith has other nuances to it. You can turn the diamond a little bit and get other definitions of faith. For example, uh, just faith in the sense of trusting in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Because uh, faith is a synonym for trust. But here, this is going to be an active faith. This is going to be the type of faith that they need to make it through what they're going through. Faith, simply put, is assurance, if you're taking notes, and conviction or confidence. Faith is being sure. The translation uh, from the Greek word hypostasis. Uh, takes the combination being sure or the assurance in the New American Standard, literally means this, that which stands under a support, a foundation, hence that which has substance, it could mean a guarantee. It speaks of what is true, real, firm, steady, qualitative, and courageous. So if you're feeling unsteady, Faith is the assurance. It's going back to the support. Faith is not faith in your faith. Faith is not positive thinking. I'm just going to be positive today. I believe. I believe. The cowardly lion. I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do. I do. I do. He thought it was going to get him out of something. That's a poor illustration. But it's not just repeating a mantra. It's not looking deep within to find the extra strength, although some people can do that some of the time. Human strength can surprise us at times. But that's not what the writer's talking about here. Faith is faith in God. Faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. If you have misplaced faith, your faith can be meaningless. For example, you climb to the top of, the, of a big building, let's say, and you say, I believe I can fly. You have the song, you know, going through your head. I believe I can touch the sky, you know, whatever. And maybe you have a little pixie dust with you and you feel like if you sprinkle it, 
Things will be happening for you and you take off. Well, faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. Your ability to fly will be met with a, a greater law called the law, the law of gravity. Amen? So when people just talk about faith, faith has to be placed in the right person. I could say I have faith in you, and my faith in you could be built over a long-time relationship, and that might be well-placed. But faith has to have an object. Faith is object-oriented. But if you've read the Old Testament before, and I, th- I know most of you have, you know that faith often has obstacles. For example, the walls of Jericho were an obstacle to faith in the book of Joshua. We know crossing the Jordan River was an obstacle. We know the Red Sea was an obstacle. We know Goliath was an obstacle. We know giants in the promised land were an obstacle. And faith will always have obstacles that it has to trust God to be able to cross over, to be able to defeat. Amen? Your faith is not really going to be perfected until it gets stretched or tested. You've been listening to Renewing Your Faith, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station. If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as we talk about renewing your faith in Hebrews 11, 1 through 6, I tend to mention obstacles. Like faith will always have an obstacle. It could be a giant. It could be a Jordan River. It could be the Red Sea. It could be doubt. Maybe. You would like some commentary on, are there emotional obstacles to faith? For example, if I'm depressed, if I'm heartbroken, if I have anxiety, will that ding my faith, if you will? Will that um, lessen my faith? And I would say it's possible. And so you might ask, well, then how do I overcome such obstacles? And what's interesting is that faith, in many ways, is how you overcome such obstacles, right? I mean, by faith is the common refrain in Hebrews 11. By faith, you know, you you go through uh, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. I missed a few there. but And so... If it's by faith, by faith, by faith, then how do I increase my faith? Especially, you might be asking, if I'm depressed, doubting, what do I do? Well, there are things that feed faith. What are they? Worship, Bible, prayer, hanging around encouraging believers, radio ministry that you're listening to right now that hopefully will encourage your faith. Anything that is a faith feeder is what you need to dive into right now. Dive into the deep end of that which feeds your faith. And that which depletes faith will get rid of it. You say, well, how do I get rid of anxiety? Well, that's not an easy one. But the more you feed your faith, I think the more you'll find that those things will tend to diminish and hopefully um, disappear. 
What about heartbreak? What about loss? Those things take some time. And my heart goes out to you. But even if you're going through those things, faith can be something you lean into. And remember, faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. So when we say leaning in, we're talking about leaning into the object of your faith, which is God. Not faith in your faith. No. Faith in the object of faith. God. Jesus. Right? So that's the key. So if you're feeling like, well, and then you might say, well, I don't even feel like reading my Bible. Well, maybe that's why you need to read it. <laughs> you know, there's a spiritual battle as well. These are all things that if if you recognize where you're at and you decide, I'm going to feed my faith even more, well, maybe the enemy will flee because you're resisting him by feeding your faith and you're going to find that you're making progress. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I didn't mean for that to be a separate sermon, but this is Walk in Truth, and I am a preacher. And I'm so glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. Hey, if you want to know more, it's walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And we'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow. Just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, 1 through 6, called Renewing Your Faith. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.